0: Hey, 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 it's Dr. Tamar Beckford with the Your Care and Docs, Docs Who Care podcast, where we have doctors from all over the world stop by here and leave their gems so that busy professional women can put their health and wellness first for just two hours a month. Why two hours? Because there's 730 hours in the month. You can dedicate two to yourself. Okay, all right, let's get on to the next episode. Tamar Beckford with Your Care and Docs. That's right, where we help our busy professional women put their health and wellness first, or at least two hours a month, right? There's 730 hours in the month. You can dedicate two to yourselves. We also have our wonderful Your Care and Docs podcast. We have our wonderful doctors from all over the world. They stop by here, drop their gems, and the best part is that they let you know where you can find them, right? So today I have a wonderful, wonderful doc from the sunny California a area, right? So this wonderful doc, I've known her for approximately like a year or so now. And she is, let me give you the scoop on her, right? So she's a graduate from the University of California in San Francisco, and she did her training in pediatrics. So hello to all our pediatricians out there. Yeah, she did her training in pediatrics at Kaiser Permanente. She is, and she practiced for almost 20 years. So right now she is not directly practicing as pediatrician. Why? Because she is the founder and CEO of Pause and Presence. She's also a mindful physician coach, a mindful physician coach. She is a physician wellness extraordinaire. She's been doing wellness, physician wellness for probably almost as long as she's been doing when she did pediatrics and probably longer right? So that's almost 20 years now. Yes. Before it was a thing, Dr. Mahoney was doing it. Absolutely. She's also a podcaster. She's also the chair on the task force on physician wellness in San Francisco. Is there anything that Dr. Mahoney cannot do? No, 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 no. She is that wonderful. And I'm here bringing her to you. So let's, let's welcome Dr. Jesse Mahoney. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, thank you for stopping by, Dr. Mahoney. How
1: are you today? I am fabulous, and I love that applause. That's hey, everyone that's comes into a
0: grand round of applause when they come on your caring docs. <laughs> I love it. Wonderful. So you know, let's dig into this. We're going to go over a lot of great information, and a lot of people have been like really wanting to hear what we have to say. So let's start by saying, like, let us introduce, like, what made you go into medicine? Like, what made you say? you know what? I'm going to throw away like 10 or 15 years of my life <laughs> going to medicine.
1: I did not know how it all worked when I decided to go into oh, a long, long time ago. Uh, <laughs> and I actually decided directly I was going to go become a pediatrician. So if I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be a doctor, I would have mm-hmm. done something like social work, psychology, uh, those kinds of things, because really I just love kids. And so that's how I ended up there. I love working with kids and families. And my my goal has kind of always been to make the world a better place for kids and families and to make the world a better place for the next generation. I think mm-hmm. for me too, relationships are really key. Absolutely. And so pediatrics is all about relationships. It's all about mm-hmm. education, it's all about teaching. And so when I got into medicine, it was really more around the relationships mm-hmm. and the teaching. And then the other piece is the fun. Um, Yes. They're funny and they're in the moment and they, I just love them. And so that for me sort of was, I went to medical school knowing I wanted to go into pediatrics.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. Last week we had Dr. Violina Bhattacharya, another wonderful pediatrician here. And yeah, you're right. Kids, they are fun. Had a wonderful kid last night and, you know, she was just there coloring. Mom and dad were worried about her. She was coloring her things. She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I love it. She's just I wonderful.
1: Pete's is not always fun, right? Oh. Bad, bad things happen. It is definitely not. Oh, it's
0: hard when bad things happen at Pete's. But I love how they cheer us up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they are, you know, you, as you mentioned, I'm a mindful coach. And kids are mindful. They're absolutely in the moment, right? And oh, so we can learn so much from them. The parents, not so much, but the kids are 100. Right? <laughs> That's so true. I have two little ones, but you are probably teach the mindfulness.
0: You know, yeah. let's dig into that because you're you're you've just really blown my mind with that that I never really thought about kids and how they do live in the here and now and how mindful they are, and you know that really leads to the fact that you know when you have a kid who. Like, say, if you have to tell them, like, hey, you need to go to Naughty Corner for whatever reason. And then you, as a parent, you start to wonder, are they going to like me anymore? I wonder if this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after they finished in Naughty Corner, they forgot about it. And now I'm happy. And, you know, and you're right. And if they have something exciting coming on, they're just excited.
1: Yeah, they are so in the moment. And so it's actually, for me, it's one of the reasons why I love kids. But I also think if we could be more mindful than in the moment, Mm -hmm. notice how much less drama and less stress and all of those sort of negative stories, they don't have them. They're just like, okay, well, moving on to this or that. And life is easier that way and healthier.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so now I have to go and start watching my kids and emulating them a little bit more and realizing to, to reduce the stress and just really live in that moment. So they, they said you do learn a lot from your kids. So that's I have to share one other
1: tip just around that. I know it's not really on the subject of the day, but no, it is important. Is that um, I also am a yoga teacher and mm-hmm. I am trained as a yoga teacher for kids. But one of the things they taught us in that training is that the most helpful thing you can do for parents of kids mm-hmm. is to teach them to meditate. And so a huge part of teaching kids yoga is that the parents come for the toddler yoga or the mom and baby yoga, and the parents start to breathe and to meditate. And then the kids actually continue to see that. So when you get upset and you pause and take some deep breaths, the kids just model it. And so that that is one of the most helpful things that we can do. And I will say not just as parents, but say as physicians, if we come in as a mindful physician, Mm -hmm. a mindful parent, or a mindful child of an elderly parent, that that is, what what we show up with is the energy we share
0: and so it's absolutely, as absolutely. mindfulness on <laughs> yeah, no 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 it's it's like you it's, it's all encompassing with the mindfulness right so when you really think about it and you know yes you're a mindful physician coach but it really expands more than just that aspect of their life. It's not really mindfulness just for right now. If you really think about it, you can see how you can implement it throughout your life. Because you yeah. had me thinking <laughs> yeah. when you said to have the kids, um, you know, breathing. Because, I, you know, I have a three-year-old Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a two-year-old, he was energetic. As a three-year-old, his birthday was in September. He decided to just step it up a notch as a three-year-old. And, you know, we were at, you know, one of the, um, you know, utility stores. And he decided that this was the time that he was just going to be upset. And, you know, and I said, so Timothy, I said, what's wrong? You know, are you having a bad day? Yes, what's wrong? You know, and he's just crying. And then I said, breathe, Timothy, just take that. Because there's like this Daniel Tiger thing that says, count to four and breathe. And, you know, he took those two. One of the things in that moment is also to breathe yourself. Yeah, because, that's, but that's what you made me realize. Sometimes I can hear
1: you. But they watch you breathe and they're like, oh, she's breathing. She's cool. Even though I'm not cool, she's cool. I can show up in that space.
0: So I only did 50% of the thing right. But the yeah. next time, I'm going to get it. I'll yeah. breathe. Okay, Timothy, watch mommy breathe. And, yeah. you know, there you go. Wonderful. He matches the energy you bring. So you Absolutely. Breathe. My energy was where can I find this fancy bulb that I needed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That, that led to the to the um, energetic temper tantrum.
0: Absolutely, gosh, so much to learn, but you know, and that's what I love about this mindfulness and even learning about um, you know breathing exercises and all these techniques is that it really and it, you know you're thinking that it's all about me and it's helping me, but look at how you transferring that energy to the child, how powerful that is. Yeah, you know. And yeah. the presence and just being there in the moment and taking just to even if it, I mean, that would have, what, 30 seconds mm-hmm. to Change just transfer that energy. energy?
1: Yeah. Wow. That actually even gets into what we were going to talk about today, right? Mm-hmm. Have someone in your family who's struggling. Yeah. So much of it, is as physicians and as partners and parents, we want to fix it for everyone else. But Absolutely. really, that's not particularly in our control. But when mm-hmm. we show up mindfully for it, Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we help everyone else by helping
0: ourselves. Yeah, and you're right. So this, you know, today, really, what we're really digging into is how to, like you said, show up and and be there for yourself when you have a loved one who has um, a mental um, illness or any mental issues. And I think this is very important, too, because we, at the time of this recording, um, two days ago, yeah, two days ago or even yesterday, we just dropped um a wonderful um podcast interview with Dr. Daniel Hockman, who's a psychiatrist talking about addiction. And you know, we talked about how it also can affect you know, family members. And we know that addiction is, you know part of it is mental health issues too. And when you have that loved one, I mean, this is someone who you care about. It's not someone who does not tug at your heartstring. And it's hard when you're watching someone struggle because you want, to be there. You wanna do all these things for that person. So, you know, Dr. Um, Mahoney, like help us understand how to approach something as best as you can for that person. When you're having a, a loved one struggle, but for you to be there and to not lose all of your energy helping that loved one. Well, and I think first of all, I just want to
1: normalize it because COVID has meant that almost everyone has a loved one who's struggling with mental health. I mean, I would say, I don't know someone who doesn't love someone who's struggling with their mental health and we stigmatize it so much that we can't talk about it. And so Mm -hmm. I think just being able to realize first of all that you're not alone and you might say, well, that's not a strategy. But feeling isolated and guilty and ashamed of the situation and not wanting to talk to anyone and not reach out and get advice and support is mm-hmm. one of the key strategies to helping things go better. Yeah. And so realizing that you're not alone and that so many people have things like depression and anxiety and mm-hmm. lots of addiction, as you mentioned, right? There's and they're all intertwined. And so mm-hmm that if we can just realize that we're not alone and if we can all be part of the solution of not stigmatizing it, I think uh-huh. it's really something that every one of us can do I and see. to support others. I talk often that you know if you have a, a loved one with cancer, everyone knows, everyone steps up, everyone supports. It's, we all talk about it. But when mm-hmm. you have a loved one who's struggling with their mental health, we don't talk about it. And so- That the- is
0: very true. It's, it's that hidden, It's as if it's like that dark secret and yeah. And how can we help if you are hiding that portion? Yeah. And
1: so that's really how I got into mindfulness and coaching is that I couldn't find solutions. And Mm -hmm. I had a loved one who was struggling and I didn't, even as someone who was in medicine and had access to all of these things, and I had been working in physician wellness for 20, for almost twenty years at that point, like I couldn't find the solutions that I needed and the support that I needed, mm-hmm. and I ultimately found them through mindfulness and coaching and really bringing those two together. And that mm-hmm. is when I took went back to yoga. I say, and I just started with the breath. So you doesn't you don't stand on your head to feel better. You can just breathe. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I found the mindfulness piece so helpful, I became a yoga teacher. And then I worked with a coach and I found that so helpful that I became a coach. And what I did in the end was bring the two together because Mm -hmm. I think that those tools are really what can help us help ourselves. And that's where in this moment where you have loved ones who are really struggling with their mental Mm -hmm. health, Mm -hmm. what you really need to do is help yourself and that when you show up as a strong, calm, and notice calm, peaceful, not reactive, mm-hmm. mindful partner, who just shows up with intention and purpose, that's what mm-hmm. really make the biggest difference. So we actually wow. want to and fix it, mm-hmm. but it's not actually in our control at all most of the time.
0: Wow, you know, you said something very powerful, that when you show up with calm, which is, I think that's probably the most challenging of all of that, showing up calm because you're working on your own mindfulness, then you're e- you're better able, I guess, to assess the situation and determine what you are able to help with and what you will just have to, it's not like accept, but kind of accept. Well,
1: I talk about, I actually talk about, so acceptance is one of the tenets of mindfulness, Mm. but we accept in kind of a different way. So it's not like radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. You can accept and allow, like the fact that this situation you don't like, Mm -hmm. Um, that's actually the second part, which is accept but don't like. You get to not like it. You don't have to be happy about it. Mm -hmm. But to accept and allow that it hurts and it's sad and you're upset and Mm -hmm. it's out of your control and you're frustrated, like we often resist that and then that makes it worse. And we show up with that Mm -hmm. sadness, anger, frustration, and that doesn't really help anybody. So when Mm -hmm. you accept it, just kind of, I often talk about this hand to heart, like kindness, just to yourself, this is not a good situation. It doesn't feel good. I wish it were different. That Mm -hmm. changes and allows you to show up, as you can see, with just a much higher level of calm, equanimity, peace, whatever you want to call it. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that can be just really helpful. It's when we show up with all that resentment and frustration and strain and chaos that Mm -hmm. leads into the situation.
0: Yes. Yes. That's so, you know, as you're talking, I'm really thinking about the different situations, different scenarios that I see with um, families who show up with um, their loved ones. And you're right, the ones who, the acceptance, common acceptance. And that's the thing, it's easier said, but it's very hard to do, I think. And it takes a lot of practice. And that's what that mindfulness portion helps one to do, right, to really understand that it takes practice. And we're saying that it's something that can be done, but we're not saying it's easy. Mindfulness is
1: not easy. A lot of people Mm -hmm. think it is,
0: right? You just put your fingers. I'm just aware about myself. I'm here and I'm sitting.
1: (laughs) We call it the practice of mindfulness, right? So you're just going to practice and Mm -hmm. you're going to fall down and you're going to get back up. And it's just, you get better and better, kind of like the temper tantrum in the utility store, right? It's like, oh, well, I'll do a little better next time. Or maybe I won't, but I'll just be Mm -hmm. present. (laughs) And that's all you can do. So the one thing you can do wrong in mindfulness is judge yourself for doing it badly. That's wow. the one thing you can do wrong. Otherwise, you did it great. So you're just mm-hmm. as in the moment as you can be, either focusing on your breath or focusing on um, just how you feel and kind of tapping back into your body. It's like when our mind and our bodies are in different places, that's where we have all this chaos and stories. Right. And then the so when you practice mindfulness in whatever way you do, whether it's yoga, meditating, it can literally be three deep breaths. You up level that parasympathetic nervous system. And mm-hmm. then you have a little more space to not react in the utility store. I'm gonna use that as an example, right? Yes, absolutely. You more pause and then you can show up with intention. You mm-hmm. can respond rather than react. Mm-hmm. That's where the coaching comes in. Cause then you can, in, you have the pause, then you can choose how you're gonna respond as opposed to just reacting. And that's when you really decide with intention how you wanna show up. Mm-hmm. And so I think in the case of, of partners, children, family members, loved ones of any kind who are struggling with mental illness, it's that intention. If you mm-hmm. show up, I just got to fix it, or this is a problem. That brings a totally different energy. Whereas if you show up with kindness or love is the one I really like, what would love do? For you, it wouldn't you know, let that person be abusive or impact the family negatively, for example, say, oh. with addiction or something like that. But mm-hmm. so love is always for you first
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: for that partner and then for or, or child or mm-hmm. the, the other person and then for everyone else in the family and then for society. Right. Because sometimes love would intervene, oh. say something was causing harm mm-hmm. or um, if you go to the addiction realm, like drunk driving, right, It or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, so it's sort of asking that question. I also love like what would kindness do? Because kindness would sometimes leave them alone. It doesn't mm-hmm. to fix it, right? Yeah. Maybe ask them a lot. If you read a lot of books about like helping a partner with depression, it's like take them out for a walk. Well, sometimes car- kindness would. Sometimes mm-hmm. kindness wouldn't. And so mm-hmm. I think if you can be realized with what what intention you want to show up with, I want to be kind. I want to be loving. Mm -hmm. And it really guides your behavior to not be the sort of one that's in there trying to control all the things that are out of control, which Mm -hmm. makes it worse. And so that's another question that I think can be really helpful from that. Really, it's a mindful coaching because it's a little bit of both. But what's in your control? Yes. And what's not in your control? Mm -hmm. Because all the worry, anxiety, stress, and problems like the bad bucket, clutter bucket, I often call it, that's trying to control what's not in your control.
0: Absolutely. App. I love those questions. What would love do? That's so it's a I mean what would love do? Four words but it's so powerful. And what would kindness do? And I love the fact that kindness and love does not necessarily go in and try to fix things. Yeah. You know? And I love that it says it starts with self. Yeah. You know, love of self first. So you fill your cup and then you start working on the other steps in helping. So what would love do for me? Would love, you know, enact, and that, you said pause and taking that pause and those breaths allow you to determine how you are going to enter into that particular situation. Because I think that a lot of times it's snap, snap, right? You don't even take that breath. One thing, boom, and you're just there. But when you take that breath, you really can, and it, it helps so much. i now I'm not the best at it, but like you said, I'm practicing. <laughs> and it's the hey, I'm good. You know, I, I got I got Timothy to take his breaths. Yeah. I just now realize that I need to take my breaths too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that, that helps. But even with dealing some dealing with something as like you know, physically or emotionally traumatic as a family member with any mental illness, yes. You can see yourself wanting to go, 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 go. But taking that pause and then, you know, that breath, you can help this, you help yourself and you help the situation even more because you determine how you're going to enter into that situation. Am I going to enter with anger? Am I even going to enter? Maybe you don't need to enter, which is what you said. Sometimes you, may, you might need to just stay away. And that's, and that's, you know, what would kindness do? Kindness would... Just not enter into that situation if it's going to cause a lot of additional stress to the person and to you and to the family. Maybe it's best, you know, pause and just just listen, right? Yeah. How is I mean, even listening if part if of listen
1: that line? Is what would peace do? I love it. Same kind of thing because it guides you it also guides you into action, I want to say, or inaction. Mm -hmm. So in terms of what kind of help do you want to get? So peace, kindness, love, or connection is the other one. What would connection do? Like Mm -hmm. you want that connection, you want the other person to connect, but maybe they can't right now. So you kind of ask that question, what would connection do? What can I do? Mm -hmm. It just is a different way of like solving the problem. I need to call this person. I need to get them here. I need to do this or even spinning out of the sort of negativity catastrophizing that we do, what will this mm-hmm. mean? What will happen? It can get you just back common centered. So you're mm-hmm. moving forward with intention. And if you think about your role in that scenario, I mean, you're not the doctor taking care of this person. And mm-hmm. so you're, and even with your children, right? We often step into that doc, let me fix it and clean it all up. But, mm-hmm. but we are just there being present and that, that's where we bring the most beauty and most connection to our relationships and the likely
0: the most healing. That's true. And that realm with, and, you know, for me with the presence portion, I guess that looking at it with, you know, the three-year-old, I guess is when he's coloring and he's just looking to just make sure I'm there. I'm not helping him color. I'm not helping him do anything, but I'm just present. And, you know, that's, feeling of comfort of just knowing someone is present. You don't have to always be actively there, but you're there for them. Can you right, that's one
1: of the most powerful gifts that you can give. Mm-hmm. I actually run a, I'm teaching right now, a group coaching program called Parent with Presence. It's, that's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Whether you're doing it with your children, really you do it in your relationship too. Absolutely. Being present is really the most powerful connection. And if you think about the way we live in our world right now, we are Mm -hmm. rarely present. We are in the future, in the past, on our to-do list, and so all of these things. And what if you just came back into the present as often as you can? Mm -hmm. Also, it's a way of resting. When we're in all these places, right, it takes all this energy. So when you come back into the moment of presence, Mm -hmm. your body has a chance to rest. So when you're talking about wellness or recovery or burnout prevention, That's it right there, being present. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, all the things that you need to do to fix it. It's literally coming back into the moment. And from there, you can see clearly what you need to do, whether it Mm -hmm. relates to a partner, whether it relates to yourself, like the next step becomes clear. That's where I think that mindfulness and coaching, they're so synergistic. Because from mm-hmm. there, you're not pushing, I'm gonna get this goal. It's like, oh, this is where my next step is. This is what I need to do. And right. it might be as simple as breathing more often in a day. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to change your job, but you usually, yeah. when you get more calm and like clear and from that place of peace, you can see forward, whether it's in a messy relationship or mm-hmm. a temper tantrum. <laughs> I can find that bulb. <laughs> yeah, it could be the ER, right? It can no. also, you can use it anywhere.
0: Absolutely. Abs- no, you're right. And you know, the more I learn about it, the more I do incorporate it and I am seeing a ton of difference. Yeah. Energy level has increased a lot because you, once you do get into a, a little bit more of the mindfulness, the gratitude, then it doesn't take away all that's going on in the world, but you, your approach to it is different, you know? yeah it's yeah. it's it's very wonderful, and I love that you say you see your next steps, so everything still has to get done, but a lot of times you feel as it all needs to be done immediately, which it doesn't so once you said that you know once you get into mindfulness then you and you get centered, you find out what's important is the next step, not the next five, just the next step, because once you do that one step, then that'll take you forward. you take one step at a time and And knowing that you only need to take one step feels so much better than the 10 steps that you're thinking that you need.
1: Well, and it's back to changing the energy that you're showing up with. And the other thing that came up when you said that is, it's getting out of the stories of what everything means. And cause you're like, okay, what am I gonna do next? I'm just gonna mm-hmm. do the next thing. And you don't have to have all these stories about what might happen. And you know, if someone's struggling now, what will that mean for five years from now? And mm-hmm. all of the things, or yes. you're just in this moment, what am I gonna do next?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it, I think the key piece too is taking care of you. So what am I going to do next that's in my control? <laughs> that what does um, body need? What does, you know, what does, what's the most kind, loving thing to do in this moment?
0: Mm-hmm. I love that you're talking about taking care of self because that's so important. And that's one of the things, you know, with your Karen docs, we're mm-hmm. putting out there and trying to preach <laughs> from mm-hmm. the mountaintop, taking care of self is very important and it's not being selfish. And I think that's probably something that's also important when you have a loved one, who is struggling, and you need to take time to take yeah. care of yourself. Yeah. I think it's important for you know those who are listening, those who are you know you are a caregiver of someone who's struggling. Right. It's important for you to be taken care of also. So self care is even more important at that point in time. Let's talk about that.
1: And well, so many people say I can't do it. There's not enough time because everything's landing on me now, and I have to do this and that. And I would say you can't afford not to do it. Mm -hmm. And what I found for myself is that I tried for about a year to take care of everyone else and fix everything and make sure it all worked. And I didn't put myself first. And that Mm -hmm. got me nowhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And as soon as I started taking care of myself, what I Mm -hmm. saw is that other people started taking care of themselves. Because you get out of the victim mode, right? You let yourself Mm -hmm. be a victim. And that's sort of just the general energy around where it's like, I got me. Other people then have a little bit of space to get them.
0: Mm -hmm. And it isn't
1: that you're not there. It's not abandoning them, but just really solidifying yourself. Mm -hmm. That allows you to be much more present for whatever else is there and less reactive, right? Yeah, reacting. You're not engaging. Um, There's a phrase that says you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to, right? When you take care of you, you don't have to do that.
0: Absolutely. yeah, no, it's so important because you said once you started taking care of yourself, you gave the others a little bit of space, and they started taking care of themselves too. So every like you said argument, every interaction, you did not need to be present because I think that it's another portion of leading by example. Well, you know she's she's taking her deep breaths. Well, I wonder what this breath thing does anyway. Let me try it. Oh, wow! Well, I guess it really does work. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be active. They don't, they might not even come to you, but it's, it's similar to, like you said, leading by example, you're taking care of yourself. They themselves eventually want to take care of themselves. And then, you know, when you are present, you're present there with a full mind, you're not reactive, you can help, and they are helping themselves. So there's probably even more being done. With just that simple act of taking care of yourself first. I love that you you, you said, you know, I did it. I took care of everybody else and they went nowhere. I took (laughs) some time to take care of myself and then everyone began flourishing. You know, it's important. It's important. All righty, so we're talking about self-care. So we want to know what it is that you do to take care of yourself, Dr. Mahoney.
1: So, um, well, I am a yoga teacher, so I do yoga. Mm -hmm. I actually teach yoga to take care of myself and Mm -hmm. I'm fessing up a little bit here, but what I discovered during the pandemic is I love to go to yoga classes in person, but I didn't like necessarily as a teacher to go online. And so I started teaching more Mm -hmm. because, um, when you teach online, you actually get to do a lot more yoga than when you teach in person. And so, um, teaching more yoga I have done absolutely for my self-care. Mm-hmm. I also, for me, nature is very healing. And mm-hmm. so I spend a lot of time in nature and mm-hmm. I, I make a commitment to do that. And it's not easy actually, because there's always something else that I could do, but I never mm-hmm. regret it when I show up somewhere in nature. Mm-hmm. And so making time for that as well, and it doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't have to be hard. Uh-huh. Uh, the third thing I'll say that I do, it's for some people might see it as self-care or not. I go to the farmer's market every week. I love the farmer's market and uh-huh. it has, it's partly going is nourishing because there's music and there's people and there's uh-huh. usually sunshine, not always, but there's lots of colors and yeah, beautiful, and it's, it's a very mindful space. Uh-huh. Um, And it feeds all of the senses. And so Mm -hmm. it might be grocery shopping because I could think about it in different ways. Like there have been times where I thought, oh, I have to go. But now I just say, no, this is what I like to do. Like I'm hanging out and I'm not going to rush through and I'm going to be mindful. Mm -hmm. And it turns into a gift, not just for me, but for everyone else, right? Because I come home Mm -hmm. with flowers and fruit and, you know, um, and even in the winter or even on a rainy day, like you always have a conversation with someone. And so just Mm -hmm. slowing down and being in the I think a lot of us have a vision of self-care too, that it's like, I have to
0: do my self-care. And it has to look like this. Mm-hmm. Please it's, let them know <laughs> because that's one of the things yeah. Self-care is different for everyone. Yeah. And so it can be, I mean, for someone else, that might be grocery shopping to mm-hmm. me it's self-care.
1: Mm-hmm. And the other thing about self-care is, is it changes along the way. That's and beautiful. so it used to be, For me, self-care was going to someone else's yoga class and following their directions. And now, Mm -hmm. for me, it's more peaceful to actually teach my own class, right? Mm -hmm. But we're all different. Or for someone else, being in nature would not be self-care. staying Mm I was talking to someone earlier today. Being home alone is for self-care. Yes. And so...
0: All of of our introverts who like to be alone and read our books... and none is better. I think we also have like a hierarchy
1: of what's good self-care and what's not. That's good. true. Can you just let all that judgment go and be mindful or ask yourself from the self-care perspective, what would feel good today? Mm-hmm. What's what does my body need today? Mm-hmm. And I think even as I say those, it's like, oh, is that selfish to ask? It's not no. to do it. It no. helps you show up for everyone yeah. else. Awesome. It's almost selfish not to ask.
0: That's actually true doing self-care not doing self-care is being selfish (laughs) doing self-care is not being selfish yeah yeah because you show up so much better for everyone else you know
1: i think as we stepping back kind of into the the theme of the conversation Mm -hmm. it's potentially harmful to Mm -hmm. someone who's struggling to not take care of yourself and to Mm -hmm. give beyond giving Uh, we talk a lot in coaching about this idea of when if you do things that make you resentful Yes. That's not love. That's mm-hmm. so pleasing. And that's like sabotaging. And I think we do that so
0: often when someone we love is struggling. You do it, so- yes, I see it. Like, you know, well, I have to, I have to, I need to go because I have to do this yeah. for that person. It's uh, And it's not the blaming the, the person who's caring for it. You know, I think it's easy to get into that track. And what I think is so important is that it's important to recognize. So if you're recognizing this within yourself, we're saying that, you know, mindfulness and getting centered is one way and self-care is another way for you to pull yourself out of that track. And then, you know, able to put yourself first, fill yourself up with mindfulness, with understanding, and then you're able to help those along the way, your family, your friends, or any loved one who is um suffering. And this is thing, you know, it it, it is it goes along with anyone suffering with mental illness, um, you know, any disease <laughs> that is a chronic, you know, disease, like you said, if you're taking care of a loved one, a child, because I mean there's a lot of guilt associated with this. And, you know, with this process, you can help to reduce some of that guilt because you, you're you entering knowing that you are doing the best you can and you're given the best care and the best love because you're entering it with like, you know, what would love do? What would kindness do? You know, what would peace do? Did I get that right? Yes. Yep. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Absolutely. The thing about self-care I think worth mentioning is it doesn't have to be hard. It can be literally, we talked about a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Or like taking three breaths while your kid is having a temper tantrum. You might not think that's self-care, but it is. Yes, absolutely. And give yourself credit for it. Because I think we also then judge our self-care. Like Credit for a hand-to-heart. Credit for a few deep breaths. Credit Mm -hmm. for two minutes out in the sunshine.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wow. You know, with all of this, you you gave us a lot of great information on self-care, because I think that's a lot of things that people, we do not think about. We're trying to promote it a little bit more and to get the negative stigma away from it. So this is wonderful. But we do have one more question before we let you go, you know? So if you weren't a doctor, what would you be, Dr. Mahoney?
1: Well, so I've already switched out of practicing medicine Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. become a coach and a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think I probably would do that. Now, would I, um, the other thing that I would be, and I'm already on my way to doing that is I have been um, leading retreats in beautiful places, coaching, doing yoga, and um, I bring in another colleague who does culinary medicine. Mm -hmm. So if I could do that, like, that could be my whole life. Um, That would be awesome. And I I love it. Yeah. yeah, on a flower farm, so I could have my flowers or my veg. like could bring my farmer's market. So if I'm winning the lottery, I'm gonna do all of that together.
0: Um, you know what I love? You're like, you're doing the, if I weren't a doctor, this is what I'd be doing. You're doing it. I would be a yoga teacher. I am a yoga teacher yeah. I yeah. coach, I am coaching, you know, doing retreat in wonderful places. I started doing that. So it's wonderful. Wonderful. So the culinary, the mindfulness, the beautiful spaces, the flowers. So we're just in the farm together, right?
1: Yeah, I don't have the
0: farm yet. Okay, yeah. no worries. Well, yeah. So for all of you guys out there who <laughs> has a farm to donate to Dr. Mahoney so she can get the rest of her <laughs> thing together, the mindfulness, the retreat, please let us know. So for those who want to give Dr. Mahoney a farm, come, Dr. Mahoney. Let them know where they can find you. Yeah.
1: You can find me on my website, which mm-hmm. is my name. So Jesse Mahoney, MD, without the comma, mm-hmm. um, dot com. It's also pause and presence. So if you search that, you can um, find me there as well. And I would love to um, catch up with any of you about mindfulness, parenting, yoga. Join me for a retreat. Uh, It would be fabulous to meet any and all of you in person.
0: Do you have, you said you do have um, anything going on right now that anyone can sign up for? Um, so right now
1: I have two retreats that people can sign up for next year. The spring uh-huh. ones are actually already full. So I have two more because I'm, I'm manifesting that new life. I Love have two it. more later on in 2022 people can sign up for. Um, you can sign up to coach with me one-on-one right now. And I'm in the middle of my parent with presence. So that will be offered again in 20, 2022, I guess. I know. Right? Um, so that's all that's open uh, right now
0: wonderful wonderful so hey you guys if you're ready for wellness if you're ready for mindfulness wonderful yoga wonderful I have
1: one other thing people can join me for which i just yes. want to throw out there which is i do teach yoga every weekend on, yes. online yeah so going from anywhere and it's free yeah so i just do it as i said as part of my uh self-care and you can find out about that on my website too so you can sign up and get the link and um join us
0: So like she said, from anywhere. And if you guys are on Facebook, you can find her on there. You can join on um, the yoga on the weekends on Facebook. Jesse Mahoney MD. And is it with the Facebook? Is it under the um, pause and presence or mindfulness? Um, the Facebook
1: is actually the yoga shows up under the Mindful Healthcare Collective. So anybody who works in healthcare can actually mm-hmm. join the collective. Mm-hmm. And then that's where all the invitations um, for yoga come up with the links. Mm-hmm. Or if you go to my webpage and you sign up for the yoga email list, then you get notification. It's, I say it's most Saturdays at nine to give me a little flexibility. So it really is nine Pacific times. So it is most Saturdays. So you can do either of those. Um, and so either of those is a way to get the information. But the Mindful Healthcare Collective is also a fabulous group for anyone who's listening who happens to work in healthcare. We mm-hmm. offer a lot more than yoga. There's um, coaching, there's mindfulness, there's tapping, there's all kinds of fun um, opportunities to take mm-hmm. care
0: of yourself. So we would love to have people join that as well absolutely and we are in a time where we know that everyone is dealing with a version of um either an anxiety or depression and mindfulness is a wonderful way to get yourself centered so that you can be present for all of your other duties (laughs) that you have, right? I can't just say just for healthcare because we have other duties. We have family, we have loved ones. So to really tap into that, to get yourself centered so that you are there for the rest of your other roles in life. Alrighty. So thank you, Dr. Jesse Mahoney. This was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I hope that all of you guys who are there watching on your lunch break, I know, I know. You're probably like, wow, this is wonderful. Yes. So if you are listening on our wonderful podcast, which is our Your Caring Docs podcast, you're available on um, all our platforms. You're on Apple, you're on um, Spotify, on iTunes and Google. This wonderful podcast will be out in a couple of days. Yes. And we'll definitely let you know where you can find Dr. Jesse Mahoney. She is on um, jessimahone.com, where you can have access to all the other platforms. And Dr. Mahoney also has a podcast, right? What's the name of your podcast, Dr. Mahoney? It's called The Mindful Healers Podcast. So The Mindful Healers Podcast. So for other additional information and learning from Dr. Jess Mahoney, you can also hear from her there. Alrighty, so this is Dr. Tamar Beckford with Your Caring Docs, and we have our wonderful Your Caring Society that is coming soon. We are starting our first cohort in January. That's where we're helping our busy professional women, Put their health and wellness first for two hours a month. We have a wonderful, all the information is on our website. That's your caring docs, u-r-c-a-r-i-n-g-d-o-c-s dot com slash society that's our your caring society do not forget to go out and look you can find all of our great info and i will be putting some things out so if you'd like to get in contact with me do a discovery call we'll leave the info in our comments so that you can do a discovery call and see if you'd like to be part of the society why not let's make 2022 the best year for you ladies so we have tons of great info out there to help us make it the best year for us From then on, right, let's bring ourselves back to where we were when we knew we were powerful and we had things done and we were present, mindful, all of that. All righty. Thank you all for listening and for watching. We will see you guys next time. Take care. Bye Bye.